A huge year. I'm looking forward to this year of NRL. It really is going to be exciting. There's plenty of good teams. There's a new team. You know, to well, the mighty Dolphins. Storm um, are different. But Storm are really different. Still. Yeah. It's know, a mystery. And the it's, Panthers are the one to beat again. Yes, and it's also Craig's last year, apparently. Oh, uh, what, what we so think it is, anyway. It's been his last year for the last ten. But uh, to, to preview it, all of it, uh, is Fox Sports uh, legend. And uh, he the does expert. his league yeah, expert and all that. He does the Fox Sports League. Uh, he's a commentator. That's Matt Russell. G'day, Matt. G'day, man. Fox Sports Battler will do me. I'm no, very hard. Stop it. No, you're summer. not. You work extremely <laughs> hard, mate, so you're not a battler at all. What a huge year we've got ahead of us. You know what's ahead? We've got 31 consecutive weekends, so 27 regular rounds into four weeks of finals. So 31 weekends with NRL games every weekend, totaling 225 games. It all starts tomorrow night at Parramatta, and it will finish the first Sunday in October, not too far away, at Sydney Olympic Park with the grand final. There'll be a hell of a lot of twists and turns between those two points. Mate, it's was here. Uh, I'm pumped for the new season. Uh, we're obviously Storm boys down here. Do we? Are we going to see any changing of the guard? I mean, I know Pendrith look very strong, but where's it going to come from? Look, normally the top eight changes over the last few years, not significantly from one year to the next. There might be one or two teams climb from the bottom eight to the top eight and vice versa, the top eight go down. I don't think we're going to see a wild swing where five teams last year cracked the top eight who who didn't make it that year. So, um, with that in mind, I don't think there'll be a lot of changing of the guard. And I heard you say in the intro that Penrith will be there again. I agree with you totally. I know that you've got to go back to the early 1980s, Parramatta actually, to find the last club, this is pre-NRL era, mind you, to win three straight grand finals. Mm. So, history says Penrith can't do it. I spoke to Mark Spud Carroll last night who played in three consecutive grand finals during the 90s. And he said it was more mentally taxing than physically taxing just to stay up and and be at that level and play big games one year to the next year and into a third year. But if anyone can do it, Penrith seems to be able to because, let's face it, they were head and shoulders above the rest of the comp last year. I know Parramatta got to the grand final, but they had that remarkable winning streak during Mm. Origin when really they should have been losing. They won the minor premiership by a margin. And here's the real thing. They won the reserve grade, the under-21s and the under-19s. So there'll be some gold come from those lower grades, even though they've lost uh, Arpi Corosau and also Viliami Kikau. Big losses, Undoubtedly, there'll be someone step up and they've got 11 of last year's starting 13 for the grand final in round one this year. So that to me says that Penrith, they're still the team to beat. Did we see any indications with the uh, the, the world, was it the world game where they played the, the English team? Did we see any? Yeah. yeah, so that's the World Club Challenge. St Helens is the uh, Super League winners. Penrith is the NRL winners now. Penrith were tipped to win that by a cricket school. Most people thought the bookies gave them 24 and a half points. Start, for goodness sakes. Wow. Um, well, first of all, uh, cricket score, which cricket game are you thinking of? <laughs> well, actually, that's a very good point. Not not the India-Australia series. More, <laughs> more basketball with England smacking five runs per over. <laughs> right, let's, okay. let's go that way. So, But they didn't do it. They got beaten in golden points. I would say more of being really concerning about Penrith, who only welcomed back many of their stars for that game. Um, St Helens had played the week before against St George Lawarrett. They were really up 
it meant more for St Helens to bring some legitimacy and some uh, authenticity to the Super League to come out here and perform and beat Penrith. And, yeah, they surprised us. All good luck to them. But, but I'm not concerned about Penrith after what, let's face it, it's essentially a trial loss. Yes, there's some silverware out for grabs, but their main aim is winning round one and having a strong start to the season. And, yeah, uh, don't, don't read too much into the World Club Challenge loss. And of course, the Melbourne Storm. We have lost some some huge experience, and uh, they've got massive injuries. Pat and and some injuries, but we do gain some experience with Sims. Um, have, have you heard any word on how he's enjoying his time in Melbourne, fitting into the structures? Well, you're right. So nine players are unavailable for round one, which is amazing, isn't it? It goes mm-hmm. to show how hard they train and, and just you know how Lady Luck can frown on you. You add to the fact that they've lost leadership in the Bromwich brothers. Um, uh, add Felice Corfusi to that. There's a fair hole there. And interestingly, I heard Craig Bellamy this week say it's been a preseason unlike any other because of the injuries and because of the absence of experience. So, you know, a few people will be lining up to say Melbourne can't succeed in this competition. But I'm, I'm not so sure. They've been eulogised a million times, and each time under the expert guidance of Craig Bellamy, they've found a way to get it done. But they've got some exciting arrivals, and while I've been prattling on, I've completely forgot about the player that you asked me about. Who, who are you, who uh, are you Tar- concentrating on? Tarek Sims. Tarek Sims, so the former St George Lawara player. Uh, I think you would have liked to stay near Lawara, where his family is, and that's where his roots are, but... He's going to be good for them, I feel, because he's an origin forward. Let's face it, he was playing for the Blues not so long ago. And I think he'll go down there. He's got that great physique. He's a representative player, and he might be at the back end of his career. But normally players at the back end of the career that go to Melbourne look like they're in their first or second season. They find another leg under Frank Panisi, Craig Bellamy, and and just the culture they have there. So I reckon he'll really thrive in Melbourne, um, Tarek Sims. As a NRL person and commentator, we, I mean, we see it in Melbourne, and I know I keep going on about Melbourne, but over the years, how long did it take you to sort of go, yes, Melbourne, we, we accept you and you are a, a great club, whereas a lot of the other commentary and commentators, they're probably still not even there, or maybe they're just over the last few years. Yeah, look, I, I know where you're coming from with that question. It was essentially the... NRL was born out of the New South Wales Rugby League, which was born out of New South Wales. And still there's that um, overpopulated uh, number of Sydney clubs, isn't there? We've got four in Queensland now, and Canberra and New Zealand, and you know we've stretched out a little bit. Uh, but Melbourne was the outpost in the eyes of many, and it was still um, you know, an NRL team, the product of Super League playing out of an area that was essentially AFL. So you're spot on. They, they didn't achieve acceptance for a long, long time. But Craig Bellamy went there in 2003, and before you know it, they had uh, Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, and, you know, were an, an unbeatable force for, for a decade. And I think during that decade, that's where I said, well, hang on, we, we can't just dismiss this team as a fly-by-nighter who might not be here for long or who's just trying to combat AFL. This is a legitimate set up. So I would say during, you know, the, the, during the 2000s, around the 2010 and beyond, um, I'm thinking, no, this club has been set up for life by virtue. We'll always go back 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, I hope, and say, well, this club is succeed- succeeding and strong now because of the road laid 
by the people under Craig Bellamy, that trio I just mentioned, Frank Panisi's a long-term contributor, Ryan Hoffman. I could go on. There's many people there who, who once they touch Melbourne, they don't leave the club. And, and it can only be a good thing for the NRL and Rugby League. Yep, good. Fantastic. And the Dolphins, mate, their first year. It's going to be exciting uh, for everyone up in Queensland uh, to have another tide. Uh, how, how do you, what are your expectations of them going into their first year? Well, people are saying they're going to win the wooden spoon. I don't think they'll take... You don't win the wooden spoon, you get it. But I don't think they're going to finish last. I think they can uh, shock a few teams and finish somewhere between... Well, 10th would be amazing. Um, 14th, I think, would be satisfactory. Um, And anywhere in between, you'd say, okay, well, we we probably uh, did as good as we could this year. So 10th to 14th for me... Uh, they haven't got the greatest roster because they've been time-limited in their preparation. They haven't been able to build a roster over five, six years, which is what good clubs do now, managing the salary cap. They're planning four, five, six years ahead. Um, and the Dolphins haven't been able to do that. They had to go for, A, some players they could get, but also they couldn't spend like drunken sailors because it's important in this first year to set up the club like Melbourne did back early on for the decades to come. So they need to establish a culture. As a result, guess where they looked? Jesse Bromwich, uh, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Cafusi, straight out of the Melbourne system, uh, key players in the forward pack. They know they're going to get good men on the field and off the field, and they're going to not tolerate anyone who doesn't live up to the culture the Dolphins want to set. And we've already seen that because Anthony Milford, one of the first Dolphins signed, uh, hasn't been picked the game one in the 17 because he didn't meet pre-season standards and Jesse Bromwich the club captain came out yesterday and said that I hope he realises how good he can be and what he needs to do to be an NRL player again and and that's basically the backhand of saying you haven't been good enough we're not going to pick you. That's good leadership for a, for a start up isn't it? Yeah and, and really Anthony Milford you would think you know, given he's on his last chance now, he would have worked his backside off over summer and fronted up and, and really presented in the right way. Something is amiss because when uh, Wayne Bennett and Jesse Bromwich are in the media saying he hasn't uh, done enough for us, then you know that he really hasn't. And uh, they're trying to set a standard there that unless you uh, meet those levels of training and fitness, etc., you're not going to appear in our 17 because we want blokes who are going to uh, lift this club. Now, we have an NRL season. Usually there's a little controversy here and there, same with the AFL. What, what, what can you see might be the controversy this, this year? Oh, gee, well, there's <laughs> a few of them. I'll, I'll give you one straight away, OK? There's a, there's a subtle rule change this year, and that is when players are diving for the corner or reaching in a desperation over the goal line, if the ball leaves the grip of their fingers but rolls down to the palm of their hand or wrist or even forearm and there's no separation, expect that to be awarded as a try. So basically what they're saying is we're, we're, because technology is so good, because we've got super slow-mo, we're, we're slowing it down to hundredths of a second where normally in decades past you just award the try. Over the last few years we've gone the other way. Oh, sorry, he's, he's lost a grip and hasn't totally re-gripped. We can't give that a try. Well, they've loosened the interpretation. As long as there's no separation, the ball stays in contact with the arm, you're going to see the try blown. But I guarantee you there'll be people blowing up when that's awarded at 18 all and people are saying, well, hang on, that wasn't a try last year. Well, guess what? It's going to be a try this year and moving forward. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you well answered on the spot there. Well, yeah, done, well done, That's mate. why you're the expert. Yes, exactly right. Uh, so we've got eight games this weekend in round one. Which one are you looking forward to the most? 
I thought you might ask that. And I'll, I'll give you two that I think are, going, are the hardest to pick. And that is Saturday afternoon at Four Pines Park, Brookvale, Manly against Canterbury. A new era for both clubs because mm. Anthony Seabold takes over at Manly. Cameron Seraldo takes over at um, Canterbury. I, I, it's hard to pick a winner because Tom Draboyevic is playing. I'm leaning towards Manly. But that's a tricky one. So there, there's one game I'm looking forward to. And maybe... The best has been saved to last. Certainly not in terms of the teams and where they'll finish on the ladder, but in terms of trying to come up with a winner. West Tigers against Gold Coast. This will be on a, a sunny Sunday evening. Kickoff 6.15pm Eastern Daylight Time. And, uh, yeah, Gold Coast, a disappointment last year, but they've got a completely new spine. I think they'll climb up the ladder this year. West Tigers, I think, will definitely climb. They, they can't go any worse because they finished 16th. Well, actually, they could. They could finish 17th this year. It won't happen. They'll, they'll go up the ladder a little bit. So Tigers, Titans, I reckon that one's pretty tricky to, to tip as well at what should be a packed uh, Leichhardt Oval to finish off the round. Oh, well, fantastic. Hey, nice. Matt, we'll leave Can't it there, wait. mate. Hopefully have a fantastic uh, weekend. We'll definitely stay in touch and yep. uh, get you on again uh, throughout the season, mate. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the footy, men. 31 <laughs> consecutive weekends ahead. Oh, it's so <laughs> delicious. Beautiful. Fantastic. Oh, what a legend. Uh, Matt Russell there from Fox Sports. Doesn't that, that's mouth-watering <laughs> when you put it that way.